success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And I cannot wait to introduce you to this invincible one. Jessica Bledsoe is a serial entrepreneur, dog mom, part-time van lifer, and the co-founder of Paver, a time management app that integrates with your Google Calendar. Jessica is passionate about helping business owners and busy people reclaim their time so they can live more and work less. Oh my gosh, Jessica, where have you been all my life? Welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. We are so excited to have you here with us today and to nail this topic that we're going to talk about. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, this is going to be so fun. So let's just jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Yeah. So my husband and I, we started our first business actually while I was still in college, um, almost 10 years ago now. And it was a, an IT services business. We helped small businesses migrate to the cloud, taught them how to use those cloud native apps. And then we would start to help them integrate and automate their business processes And uh, through that, I almost always had a secondary kind of side hustle. I really just love entrepreneurship. I love starting businesses. So I've had a food truck. I've had a social media management company. I had an Etsy store. I've had, I'm honestly, I'm sure there's even things that I'm forgetting, but I just, you know, I just really love starting businesses. Um, But that IT business was always like my main gig. um, And we did that for, for eight years. And then we realized that we really wanted to, uh, we wanted to have a more freedom dependent lifestyle. We wanted to be more location independent. We wanted to be able to travel. And we knew that ultimately that service business wouldn't provide us with exactly what we were looking for. Had no idea what we wanted to do, but then we just got this kind of spark of inspiration for this app and still didn't really know what to do because even though we're very technically inclined, we weren't developers. And so we weren't sure how we were going to make it happen. But long story short, it just kept coming up over and over again. We just kept seeing a need for it. And my husband actually decided that he was just going to teach himself how to code, which is exactly what he did. So he went out, taught himself how to code and he built the app and we transitioned into that full time in um, March of, well, we started the transition in March of 2020, right as the pandemic started. And then by July, we were fully transitioned into working on the app full time. And yeah, so it's been a, a long journey, but it's all been super exciting. And we're really, you know, really happy to be where we're at because we were very intentional with being able to get here. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. I can't believe you started that. Did the pandemic have anything to do with your timing or did, was it just coincidental that that's when you started? 
No, the pandemic definitely had a lot to do with the timing. So we had been building the app while simultaneously running the service business. So he was really, like I said, I mean, he was teaching himself to code, doing this kind of on nights and weekends. And uh, we were testing it out with some of the clients that we had. But a lot of our clients were actually in the hospitality and service industries. And obviously those were hit the hardest during the pandemic. And so many of them had to put their contracts on hold with us, had to put their projects on hold. And we were, I mean, we were at that point, it was kind of like we were going to have to put that business on life support anyway, just to kind of survive. And we could have done it. I mean, obviously going into where all these companies were going remote that hadn't been remote before, we had people reaching out to us, trying to get us to help them. But we, we really saw that as an opportunity to say, hey, we know we were going to transition into paver full time. Why don't we just go ahead and do that now? Because, you know, there's no time like the present. And it, it really felt like the universe was kind of giving us that nudge to do that. And it was, it was really scary. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we had a, a very successful business that we could have continued to work in for a really long time, but this is what we wanted to do. And so we decided like, well, now's, you know, now's as good a time as any, I guess. So we just took the leap and, and decided that that's what we were going to do and transition all our clients over by the end of July so that we could do that. Oh my gosh. And you know, there, there's been so much devastation, obviously, through the pandemic, but there have been so many gifts. And it sounds like this was the gift for you to actually give you the push you needed to be like, there's no better time than right now. Let's do it. So it almost seems funny for me to ask you what makes you invincible, right? Because <laughs> I think you just told us, but tell us, give us, give us a little story about what you, you know, what is makes makes you invincible. Yeah, I mean, there's been many times throughout, you know, this decade of, of owning multiple businesses where I've been faced with challenges and I'm sure we'll talk about some of them, but the, you know, the biggest thing for me is just, I just want to keep going. Like, this is just, I know this is what I'm meant to do and it doesn't mean it doesn't suck sometimes, but I can get through that suck because I know that this is ultimately what I want to do. And any sucky part of it just becomes part of the story that I get to tell to hopefully encourage other people to keep going. So for me, it's just, you're just going to keep going. You're going to pivot when you have to, you're going to make decisions when you have to. And I just, you know, I just ultimately know that this is where I'm supposed to be and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm just going to always continue to do that regardless of what challenges I'm faced with. Oh, I love what you just said. Every word of it. I can't wait to listen to it again. Oh my, I feel like I want to say, say it again a little louder for the people <laughs> in the back of the room, right? Because, oh my gosh, that was so great. And, you know, we call it over here, we call it Suckville, right? Like we're going to visit Suckville today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true, you know, in entrepreneurship and in, in life in general, right? We all, we have those ups and downs and I love, 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 love what you said. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's do this. I know you're an expert in uh, what you're doing with Paver. And I, I really want to talk today about this calendar mapping method that you guys have created, that you're teaching, and that you're offering to so many others in the world to be more efficient and to just help them get it right. So let's jump right in and talk about this calendar mapping method. Yeah, so I actually came up with the um, the intentional calendar mapping method because it was a method that I was using myself and it's something that helped me get to where I am today where I was able to shut that service-based business down so that I could focus on the app and be more location independent because that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to travel. And I knew that to get from point A to point B, I was going to have to be really intentional with the things that I was doing to create the life that I ultimately wanted to have. And in the in the work that I've done for the last decade, I've worked with 
I mean, hundreds and hundreds of small businesses and small business owners. And I recognize that we all have very similar struggles in that when you own a small business, you are everything, right? Like you are wearing all the hats. You are the accounting department. You're the marketing department. You're the HR department. You're doing everything. And sometimes it just feels really overwhelming and you find yourself ending your days, your weeks, your months, and you're, you're like, I don't, I know that I worked. I know that I did all of these things. I'm just not really sure exactly what I did. Or you recognize that your, your big goals are falling further and further behind because you're just spending your day putting out fires and, you know, doing the, the best you can to make sure that things get accomplished. But there's no, there's no real intention behind it. Sometimes, sometimes we just get ca so caught up in the day to day that we can't see that we're not really looking at the big picture. Um, and so I recognize that over and over again. And I really wanted to just help people understand how to manage your time and your calendar because our calendar really drives everything that we do at this point. So how to manage those things in a way that's very intentional and aligned with your goals and with your priorities so that you can make sure that those things are getting as much attention as anything else and recognize that, you know, there's probably things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. And there's probably things that you're not doing that you should be doing. And so with just a little bit of intention with how we're how we're mapping out the next 90 days, I think we can just be way better about making sure that those things get done as well. That's amazing. So do you actually just do that through the app or do you actually teach classes as well with people to help them really figure it out? Because I think sometimes, you know, it's one thing to like, uh, you know, block out your time, right? But, but not everyone knows how to prioritize. They don't really know what's going to get them to where they want to go. Yeah, exactly. And so with the app, you know, with the app, we have, we have 17,000 plus users in 22 different countries around the world. Like we have a lot of people that are using the app and they're using it for a number of different ways. A lot of them do already have some sort of organization to their calendar and they have a need to be able to get analytics out of that calendar, which is what's really the most powerful part of Paver. But I am super passionate about teaching people specifically those, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners, busy people, how to get to the point where you're getting things on the calendar so you can even start to make sense of it, right? Like if you're, if you're not running your day in a way that you could, that I could ask you, you know, what did you spend your time on this week? And you, you can't tell me, like you can give me a few bullet points, but you can't really tell me what you spent your time on this week. I want to help you get to that point. And so I've just kind of made it my personal mission to teach people this intentional calendar mapping method that then paver will kind of supercharge. Um, but paver itself is really for understanding your time, creating reports about your time to really make some better decisions. If you look at that calendar and that report and see that you spent 15 hours in meetings this week, next week, you might reevaluate how much time you're spending in meetings because you know that's the reason that you're not getting everything else done. That's amazing. That wow, that's really going to ensure success for so many people that don't that are not good at that, right? I know for me I have ADHD, so I have the shiny object syndrome. So even if I have a schedule like unless there's an alarm beeping at me saying go do this, I'm I'm just not doing it. <laughs> so no, I have shiny object syndrome too. I get so excited about new ideas and this has really taught me that like I get to focus on that shiny object just not right now. So it's, you know, it's, it's taught me that I had, I had a shiny object that I was already working towards. And now I need to make sure that I do that thing before I move on 
to the next thing because that was honestly that was one of my biggest struggles is I would just get so excited about something I would start working towards it I would get through like the fun and exciting part and into the the like nitty-gritty of it and realize that I hadn't really I hadn't really take the time to like plan this out and like strategically start to implement it and I would get halfway through it and then I would get another shiny object and I would you know I'd twist my focus towards that. And so then I would end, you know, I would end my year and I'd be like, I didn't do any of these things that I actually set out to do. I just kept shifting my focus. And so this really gave me a framework to make sure that I was focusing on those things that I was so excited about. But the first step was like, okay, is this actually as exciting as I think it is? Is it going to lead me towards, you know, my ultimate goal, whatever that might be? So just reeling myself in a little bit, making sure that I was being intentional with those things that I was trying to do, but I completely understand that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I had a thought I wanted to ask you, oh, here it is. So this is a, what comes first, the chicken or the egg. So um, do you teach people once they become a paver customer, or do you have separate classes that are separate from paver where people can, uh, you know, come to your classes, learn what they need to learn, and then slide right into Paver to manage that. Yeah, so we have a 14-day free trial, and I have a three-day challenge where I teach the intentional calendar mapping method through this three-day challenge. So we start the challenge by going ahead and starting that free trial because as we're going through and setting it up, we're going to kind of use Paver every step of the way so that by the time you're through the challenge and you're at the end of your 14-day trial, you really have some good data in there to start to be able to analyze your calendar, see where you're spending your time, make those decisions going through either the last half of the month or the rest of the 90 days. So we'll spend time kind of mapping out your 90 days during that three-day challenge. We'll get all that stuff onto your calendar and then you're going to just, you're just going to tweak it, you know, every day, every week, you're just going to kind of adjust things because you're getting used to it. I'm not giving you some like stringent, you need to map out every single second of your day, or this isn't going to work. That's not it at all. I le- I like flexibility myself. Um, so I teach you how to do that in a way that you can still get that good information that paper is able to give you. So, so we start that in the challenge and then you have the opportunity to work through paper while we're, while we're in the challenge as well. I love it. Now, is there certain times that people can sign up for this or is it just an open ongoing thing and you just, they pick up wherever they jump in? Yeah, it's an open ongoing thing. So you can pick it up at any time and, you know, every day for three days, I just pop into your inbox with a short video. I try to keep it short and sweet because I know you're probably already kind of crunched for time. So we keep it short and sweet. And then I give you some homework to kind of work through. And, and then by the end of it, we've got your next 90 days kind of mapped out. And then it's just kind of up to you to follow that map and make adjustments. Um, but yeah, you can get started at any time. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, and you know, the timing is perfect. A brand new year, you know, people are reflecting back of what didn't work last year, what they need to do different if they didn't get the results they wanted or they didn't reach that goal. And what a beautiful time for them to make a commitment like this year, I'm actually going to do it different, right? I'm going to do it right. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to try something new that can support me and help me make these new dreams come true. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, listen, Jessica, let's tell our listeners where they can find you. So you can find me online on Instagram is where I hang out the most. It's at just Bledsoe. And you can find Paver at getpaver.com. That's G-E-T-P-A-V-R.com. And you can also sign up for our free challenge there. So when you log on to the website, 
you'll see that as one of the first things is to sign up for that three-day challenge. So if you want to go through that intentional calendar mapping method challenge, I really encourage you to sign up for it because it will help, help you create those new habits going into the new year. And if you're someone who's already putting a lot of stuff on the calendar, you can actually go ahead and install paper and you can retroactively go through the last year or however long you want to go back and start to go ahead and, and kind of generate some of those reports and see exactly where your time went over the last year as well. So if that's you and you want to see it, you can go ahead and get started with that today. Oh my gosh, that's me. Uh, you're speaking to me now because <laughs> I'm kind of looking at this like, wow, uh, where did the time go, right? That was the fastest year ever and one of the craziest, but also the yep. fastest. And so that's just insane. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, for being here and to share with all of our listeners about Paver and how you guys are making an impact in the world with all of these other entrepreneurs who are getting a handle on their time and their priorities. Oh my gosh, I love it. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. You know, Jessica, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs, and we are going to not just spotlight their expert zone of genius, but we are going to pull back the curtain and we are going to share the journey. See, people see you today. They, they, they don't know what that Jessica was like. The one with the shiny object syndrome who needed paper, right? It was like your answer for yourself was the yeah. answer for the world, right? But they didn't know you then. They, they now, now they see you and they see your success and they think she's so lucky, right? Or let's go even further. Like, oh, isn't that great? Her and her husband and get to work together. We are definitely going to talk about that today. <laughs> but uh, we, we want them to see the truth. We want them to know that there was a price for your success too. And, you know, people want your success, but they're not always willing to pay the price that you had to pay to get it. And so that's where we're going right now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. So we're going to start with the story of the good. You know, in every journey, there's so much good, right? And, and so we really want to have you pick like one story of the good part of this journey of yours. Yeah, so this is this is actually a really easy one for me. So I, um, I just I had to make some some really difficult decisions about my business um, a few years into it. And I was at a point where I thought that I was honestly just going to have to shut it down and go get the quote unquote real job that I had kind of deemed my worst case scenario because I just I didn't think I was going to be able to continue. But what I decided to do instead was really take a look at, you know, why I felt that way and, and what was causing me to feel that way and what were the, some things that I could change myself because I recognized that I really was the only one who had control to be able to change something, but I didn't exactly know how to do that. So at that point, I really feel like I got some divine intervention because I just kind of had this kind of spark of like, 
I've been hearing about this thing called like mindset. And I mean, I think we all have heard, you know, the term mindset a thousand times at this point. But at that point for me, I'd only heard it kind of kicked around. So I really started doing some research on exactly like what mindset was, what growth mindset specifically was. And I started kind of practicing that. And I got really into meditation and manifestation as well. And I just went through a complete transformation just by learning more about what it meant to be in a growth mindset instead of a lack mindset. I recognized that I had been in a lack mindset my entire life. I grew up pretty poor. And just as a result of that, I just had a lack mindset. I just believed that in order to be you know, wealthy and successful that I was going to have to work harder than anybody else. And I got caught up in this kind of whole hustle culture, but I was burning myself out while doing that. And I just, I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it, but I thought that's what I had to do because I was in that like mindset. And so I really spent a, a lot of time. I mean, I'm, I still practice it today, but I woke every, woke up every single day and I meditated for at least 10 minutes, I went through and did gratitude journaling every single morning because I wanted to come from a place of gratitude. I wanted to shift my mindset from thinking that I had to do all of these things the hard way to believing that it could be easy and it was something that I was meant for. And so that was what I did. And that has made the biggest impact in not just my business, but my life as well. And that was that was by far the best thing that has come out of any of this. And, um, you know, as we go on to talk about the bad and the ugly, you'll kind of see see why I ended up in that in that position that I was in. But that I think has been the biggest thing because now I have tools, right? Like I didn't have tools before to coach myself through these feelings and these struggles that I was facing, but now I have the tools to do that. So when I say that would, you know, if I'm faced with any sort of challenge, I'm going to push through that no matter what. I know I can do that because I have the tools to do that. Whereas when I felt like I was going to have to give up before it's because I didn't have any tools. And so that was, you know, that was definitely the best thing. I love it. And you know, the tools, it's like knowledge is power, right? So the tools give you what you need. It can give you the freedom. And, you know, you mentioned something to me, and I definitely want to touch on this, is that, you know, um, and I think this is where you're going with this, is that those practices that you have done have put you in the position where you get to decide what your version of success is, what it looks like, you know, what you want to do, the freedom to live the life and reach the goals you set for yourself. And I think 100%. that that's so important. And, and I think, you know, that that was the the journey to that, right? So that those practices that you did and you continue to do will continue to give you that life that you want to create for yourself. And that's amazing. And yeah. I want to bring up that this van life, because I think this is a perfect opportunity to throw that in there is that, you know, you, you can share with our listeners the story about what you guys did last year, what you're doing doing in this coming, you know, new year. And, um, and this is just really uh, proof that this stuff works, right? So let's, let's go there for a minute and tell that little story. Yeah, so this was the vision of, of success that I created myself. And actually, during the, the three day challenge day one, we actually spend day one getting really clear on what you want your vision of success to be. Because if I ask you what does success mean to you, you're going to have a different answer than if you ask me what success means to me. And I, I don't think we always realize that, you know, when we started our first business, we had a vision of success that was someone else's vision of success, because we didn't know that we should spend time thinking about what we wanted. We were going after this big IT company that had this big office with all these employees, because that's what we had seen. And that's what we thought was successful. 
but then we realized that's not actually what we wanted. So when we actually sat down and thought like, what do we want our life and our business to look like? What does it mean to us to be successful? Part of that was being location independent, being able to travel and work from anywhere because we took a trip to Washington state in 2017. And we spent, um, we only spent a few days there, but we traveled around a lot through the Pacific Northwest. I mean, we, I think we drove like, I mean, I think it was like a thousand miles or something the the few days that we were there because we just wanted to see everything. But while we were on that trip, we kind of just stumbled across this campground that was overlooking the ocean and it was nothing but like camper vans. And it was just, I mean, the most beautiful scenery. Everyone was just so chilled. It was like, man, like this would be the life, right? Like to be able to have like a van where you can just get in it and go anywhere you want and you have everything with you. So you don't have to worry about like a hotel. It's we could bring our dogs with us. Like we were just like, man, that would be amazing. So when we thought about what our vision of success looked like, that was one of the things that we put on there was that we want to be able to have a camper van that we can get in and we can travel around and we can spend weeks and months in um, because we want to see everything. And that's, you know, that's exactly what we did. And we, you know, we set that goal in 2017. And that was around the time that I really had started working on like my mindset as well. And, and you know, manifesting, I don't care where you're at on the woo spectrum. But for me, like, I really believe in, you know, in the power of manifesting, but I set that intention, that that was something that I wanted to do. And ever since I set that intention, I got that spark for paver, we were able to build the app. We transitioned our business. Our income has more than doubled. I mean, it literally was, when I sit back and think about it, I honestly feel like I entered like a different dimension almost because my life is like night and day from where it was. And it feels almost too easy to be like where I'm at now based on where I was when I set that goal. Because when I landed in that airport in Seattle on that trip, I had a full breakdown. I mean, I was a sobbing mess because I logged into my bank account when we got there and every dollar I had was completely gone. They had wiped out my bank account because I had passed due taxes and they had come in and they had taken out, I'm talking almost every single cent that I had. I did not know how I was going to make payroll. I did not know how I was going to pay for this trip that I was on. I mean, I had a full blown meltdown in the Seattle airport. So when I tell you that I went from that to where I am today, it blows my mind. Oh my gosh, the best part ever. That is the greatest story of the journey and the good. Oh my gosh. And so now you're just van, you're van people, right? Yeah, so now we're van people. So we got that van, we got that van in April of this year, April of 2021. We converted it into, so it's a Volkswagen um, Euro van. It was just like a, you know, just a regular old van. So we ripped out the interior. We built it out to be a camper van and we set out on our maiden voyage in June. And we went to, oh my gosh, we went to so many places. It was me and my husband and our two dogs. We have a golden retriever and a lab mix. So they're, you know, they're pretty good sized dogs too. And we're all in this camper van. Um, but we went to Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, um, oh gosh, I can't even remember everywhere we went at this point, but it was just the trip of a lifetime. And I just remember kind of driving down the side of a mountain in Colorado and just being like, I cannot believe that I'm doing this. Like, this is something that I have been working towards and honestly did not even think was possible because it just felt like a, a mountain, a totally insurmountable mountain when I said that that was something that I wanted to do. And here I am, you know, like here I am, I'm doing it. And um, van life is a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Like if you want to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly of something, we could talk about just van life in itself. And there were 
you know, there were moments where we were both like, oh my God, what have we done? Like, what have we signed up for? Um, but then it really all came back to like, you just have to kind of adjust your expectations and like anything, you know, we're, we're guilty of, you know, scrolling through Instagram, looking at those beautiful van life pictures and, you know, everything's just an Instagrammable moment. Um, and that's not, that's not van life, not at all. Um, so we had to adjust our expectations a little bit, but once I was able to do that, I was really able to tap into that, you know, that feeling of gratitude of just being so thankful that this is, you know, this is something that I'm able to do and I'm still, I'm still working. I'm still making money. I'm still making an impact in the world by doing this. And I think that that's something that I know so many people want to do and they don't know how they're going to be able to do it. And I just, you know, I just really appreciate that, um, that that's something that we're able to experience now. I love that. And you know, what's really cool is it's proof that you can create the life you want to live. So 100%. if you decide that you don't want to be a van lifer anymore, you can go create the next thing. That's right. <laughs> exactly, like you've already exactly. proven that you are able to create this. And so whatever it is you decide it's going to be is what it's going to be. And that to me is the freedom that you can never buy with money. That is amazing. Oh, this has been so fun. Oh my gosh. But guess what? We have to tell them about the band. <laughs> so not ugly. We're not going to go there yet, but let's tell them the story, you know, a story about the band part. Cause we don't want to make it look too easy. Yeah, no, <laughs> there are, um, there are a lot of stories that I could share here because entrepreneurship, it is not easy. It is very hard. And I do not want to pretend that it is easy, but I will preface this by saying that it is 100% worth it. So if you're in that hard, if you're in Suckville right now, just, you know, keep on, keep going because you can't be in Suckville forever, right? Um, but the bad for me, I think, is a, a pivotal moment in my journey in that my, you know, my husband and I, we had this business, the service business, and we had been doing it for several years, probably four or five years at this point. And um, we had one really big client. They made up probably if not 50%, very close to 50% of our business and, and about that much in income as well. And, um, it was, it was not a, it was not a great relationship, but it was one that was paying our bills. And, um, with, with very little notice, they decided that they were going to bring all of their IT in-house. So all the services that we were providing for them were no longer going to be needed. So almost overnight, we really just kind of had the rug ripped out from under us and, we, we did not, we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't have a safety net. We didn't have money in the bank that would float us through. We were honestly, we were on, we were on life support as it was. Um, but when they, when they decided that it really forced us to make some really big decisions, we had to, we had to lay off pretty much all of our employees over the next like six months. We had to let go of our office space and move back into our home office, you know, where we had kind of started everything. Our, um, our car got repossessed because we couldn't make the payments on it. Um, but then, uh, you know, there was a, a series of other events that happened as well. Our other car actually got stolen right out of our driveway. Our dog got diagnosed with cancer and we had to say goodbye to him really quickly. And we just, um, we had all of this debt that was just piling and piling and piling on top of each other. We were having to borrow money from family just to pay our rent and our basic necessities. And we were surviving off credit cards. Um, and it was, it was really, it was really bad. Like, honestly, like it was really difficult. And that's when, you know, we had to make a decision. Is this when we're, are we going to have to throw in the towel? Are we going to have to you know, decide that this isn't sustainable and we can't do this anymore. 
Um, but again, we just, we knew that that wasn't the case. We knew that we, this is really what we were meant to do. And we recognized that like, we were a lot of our problem, you know, like I can blame it all on this one client deciding to lay us off, but we were our problem. We were the, we were the reason why we were in this position. And honestly, it was, a, you know, we just didn't know what we were doing. We weren't entrepreneurs. We weren't business owners. We didn't come from a background of, of owning, you know, a business owning family or anything like that. Like we, we were doing the best we could with what we had. Um, but it just wasn't enough in that scenario. But through that, we, it really caused us to do some self-reflection, recognize that if we were going to rebuild this business, we did not want to do it in the way that we had done it so far. That was not serving us at all. Um, and so we we kind of made the decision that we were gonna we were gonna rebuild it. And we got really intentional with what we wanted that business to look like. And that's, you know, kind of how we pivoted everything. But that's really that's that's the bad is it felt like everything that could be going wrong was going wrong. And I mean, I I just remember multiple times I'm just driving down the road and and just sobbing because I'm like, this is so hard. This is so hard. I'm looking around me at all of my friends who are thriving in their careers and, you know, they're purchasing their homes and they're, they're doing all of these things. And I just, I just felt like a failure. Quite honestly, I felt like I've wasted the last five years of my life trying to build this business that's now going to go under and I'm going to have all nothing but debt to show for it. But I, I just kept telling myself, like, if you can get through this, like, this is going to be your story. This is going to be the thing that really proves to you and to everyone else that you are a resilient person and you can do anything because you don't ever hear about someone being a success and not having any failure, right? Like everyone has those moments. So that was kind of how I kept pushing through it, but man, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, you bring up such a good point and I wanted to make sure we talk about this. So I think now's the perfect time. Uh, you know, you, you like, here's you and your husband together. You're in this business. You know, a lot of times entrepreneurs have their own thing. So if one goes down, the other one's still carrying the weight, but here you were both of you, you were each other's, you know, backup yeah. plan and you yeah. were both in the boat with the holes, right. And the boat <laughs> was going down. Um, and so I want to share, I just have you share a little bit about, um, what it's like to work with your husband in a business. What is that like? Uh, you know, you're, you live together, you're married, you, you know, you have all the same family, you probably have all the same friends and you do the same job, you know, you're working for the same company. Um, let's talk a little bit about the good and bad of that. Um, what do you find to be like, what do you love about that? What is not so great? Um, what would you change, if anything? And um, and then maybe like one tip of advice for other entrepreneurs out there that are couples. Yeah. So this this is um, this is also kind of a part of that story in that in the way that we had been running that business together, we hadn't really clearly defined our roles in that business. And so I think a huge part of having a successful partnership with anyone, but especially with your husband, is that you both have to have really clear defined roles in the business. And you have to respect that that's what the other person does. And you have to give you have to give them the freedom to be able to do that without, you know, saying like, Oh, I wouldn't do it that way. Because are there things that my husband does that I'm like, I wouldn't do it that way? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I know that he is completely competent. He is good at what he does. And honestly, I have seen him make some decisions that I disagreed with that went on to be amazing decisions for us. So that was that, I think that's the biggest thing, but I will say too, that, and I mentioned this before, we weren't business people. We had no idea how to run a business. And when we decided that we were going to try to rebuild this business, 
one of the first things we did is we went out and we got a business coach. And that coach also ended up being like our marriage counselor almost because he had to teach us how to do these things as, you know, as a couple and how to, you know, we, we really defined during that coaching, like what our roles were and that helped us a lot. So I always encourage anyone, you know, get a, get a business coach. If, if you're feeling like you're not exactly sure where you need to be or what you need to be doing. But for us, that's what worked is just having a kind of a neutral third party that we could, you know, kind of talk, talk things out with. Um, but my husband and I, we've, we are high school sweethearts. We've been together since I was 15 years old. He is honestly my best friend. So I can't imagine doing this with anyone else. I love that we do this together. It was really hard in the beginning. It, it did cause a lot of fights um, because we did not know how to work together. But once we understood that we each had our clear defined roles and those were based on our strengths, um, it got a lot better. Um, but we, you know, we still have to remind ourselves, like, let's not talk about work right now. Like, can we talk about literally anything else? Um, and we will do that. And then we also just try to respect each other. And sometimes we'll be like, we'll be talking because we still talk about everything, even though, you know, like we still talk those things out, but he'll just be like, I mean, you're the CEO, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be the one to make this decision. And I'll be like, well, you're the, you know, you're the developer, you're, you tell me what it can do, because, you know, I can't, I don't want to tell you what to do, you tell me what it does. And so we always, we plan out kind of every quarter together, and we set our goals together, but then we define, you know, in order for us to accomplish this goal, this is your responsibility, this is your responsibility, and we kind of set out on that, but he, you know, he also works from home, he works from our home office, I have an actual office that I come to, so we're not sitting right next to each other on top of each other every day, um, because that doesn't work for us, he has to have kind of full focus, and he's always playing music, and if he, if there's music playing, I'm, I'm singing the words to the song, so he's like, you've got to shut up, I cannot focus, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna have to go somewhere else. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So are you one of those people who makes up your own words to the songs as you're singing and you don't know the words? You know, sometimes I will, but I have, we joke that it's like my superpower that I can remember like every word to every song that I've ever heard, even though I can't remember literally anything else. I have the worst memory, but I can remember the lyrics to a song that I heard when I was like five. Um, so it's just a, a joke between us. And I don't even realize I'm doing it most times. So he'll just be like, you have got to shut up because I have got to work and I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. So we have separate workspaces because I can't, I have to have pure silence. Otherwise I am just going to be singing or listening to whatever's going on. And, and he has to have, he has to have his music playing. So we're just, we're really complete opposites in a lot of ways, but it, it has worked for us. Oh my gosh, Jessica, that's hysterical. So tell me what's your favorite song? Oh no, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way I could tell you my favorite song because I have, I have no, I honestly have no idea where to even start with that. I love, I, I grew up with such a diverse, um, you know, a diverse family and the different genres of music that they listen to that I can hop from classic rock to old country to new country to, you know, nineties country to, Hip hop, R and B. I mean, literally anything. So I, oh my I honestly, gosh. I wouldn't even know where to begin in in answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Well, this has been so fun. But guess what? We got to tell them about the ugly. So yes. let's go there. Um, yeah, I wish we could sing a song, but we have to sing this ugly song. So <laughs> yeah. So tell us a story about the ugly part of your journey. Yeah. So I think the ugly part of my journey has been. Um, 
as as transitioning from the service-based business into what would be considered a high growth tech startup, um, that means that I'm no longer out they're trading my time for money in the sense of, you know, in that service world, you're, you're doing billable hours, you're trading your, your time for, you know, by the hour or by the project. And I, you know, I'm used to going out and you, you do the work, you make the money, you get to bring the home, the money home. Um, and that's not really possible in the, the company, the startup that we're, we're working with now, just because it's going to take a lot of money for us to get to the point where we can grow this to the point where we can, um, we can exit with a successful acquisition, meaning that a larger company, hopefully Google is going to, um, to, you know, buy us out. So we have to do, we had to do fundraising. We did some fundraising when we first started, which was um, mostly what we would consider like a friends and family round. Um, So our friends and family and and a a lot of our clients um, invested in us early on. And then we also won um, a pitch competition that secured some funding for us. But through that fundraising process, you're starting to make relationships because you know that you're going to fundraise again once you reach certain milestones and you're you're trying to make a lot of connections and you're trying to network with investors and meet with, you know, um, either angel investors or venture capitalists that will, you know, go on to invest in your company down the road. And that's been a difficult and I think an ugly journey just because um, it's it's already hard being a woman, but to be a woman in tech and to be a woman who is trying to raise money, um, it's been eye-opening for me because I've seen a lot of um, I've seen a lot of startups that have gone on to raise millions of millions of dollars with um, you know basically nothing with an idea that's sketched out on a on a napkin. Um, and being being a female in that space, it requires you to validate yourself a lot more. There's a lot more validation that I have to show. I have to show a lot more than a, a proof of concept on a napkin. And um, I get asked a lot of different questions than what my male, male counterparts would as well. And I, this is never more obvious to me than when I'm pitching someone and um, – and then I bring my husband in kind of after the fact and he gets a completely different response than what I get. And it's almost like just by him being there, we've now been validated. And the thing is, is like my husband is a genius at, at what he does. But if I was not the one running the business and doing the fundraising and, you know, doing things like these podcast interviews, it, it would go nowhere because he just wouldn't know what to do with it. Even though you've got a a product, unless you take it to market, none of it matters. Right. And so that's my lane. That's my zone of genius. That's what I'm good at. But, um, just being a woman in that field, you know, women only receive it's less than 3% of all venture capital dollars, even though studies have shown that women make more money, their startups ultimately make more money than, um, a startup that has all, all male founders. So there's a ton of research that supports that women are honestly better founders. Um, but they still get less than 3% of all venture capital dollars. So it's, you know, it's difficult and it's ugly and it, 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 it's, it's really sucky that that's the way that it is. And that's been something that I've had to work on a lot with my mindset is that I don't want to get stuck in that mindset of, Oh, they're not going to, they're not going to invest in me because I'm a, I'm a female founder. So that's been something that I've struggled with and something that I've been working on with my own mindset because it can get ugly and you just have to, you know, you have to know that you're going to get a hundred no's just to get one yes. 
And I, you know, that's just something that I've got to get comfortable with. I wish it wasn't that way, but I do know that there are investors out there that will align with our vision and will align with me. And it's just, you know, now it's just a matter of finding them. Yes. And, you know, here's my theory is always like, let's get more more money into the hands of women. Right. Because they will be reinvesting it into things like this, into other women owned and founded businesses. And um, I know when we initially talked about this topic, you you know, we talked about, well, don't you wish you could send your husband in? And I love your response to that. So I want to have you share that response. It kind of goes back to what you guys were talking, what you were talking about, role your roles in the business, um, but but why are you willing to go in there as a female by yourself and fight for that, even though you know he could get more? Why do you not send him in there? Uh, because again, like that, that is my role. That is one of my responsibilities as the CEO is to go in there and to raise money. And I believe in myself and I believe in my product. And quite honestly, I don't want someone to invest in me that won't invest in me just because. I'm a woman. I am a fully capable woman. I am happy that my husband is with me, but if he weren't, I would still be able to do this. You know, it's not an impossible feat and he doesn't want to, that's not something that he wants to do. That's taking him away from building our product, which is where I need his full focus to be. If you ask him what a CAC is, he's probably not even going to know what that stands for. So, you know, this is something that I, you know, this is something that I understand. I spent a lot of time putting our financial projections and our pitch deck and all of the different things investors want to see together. And I'm the one that can best explain those things. And I want to be there and I want to be having those conversations. And I want to know who's going to, you know, underestimate me because, you know, that's, that's okay. You can underestimate me and you will be saying, oh my God, I wish I had not done that. Um, that's on you. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. That's what I like to say to myself after I end a bad meeting. It's like, well, if they didn't like me. That's their problem. That's not my problem. <laughs> I love that. That's a you problem. That's not yeah, a me that's a problem. You problem. That's not a me problem. Oh boy. I need permission to use that over and over I again. I use that all the time. I want anyone that's listening to this, anytime you feel like there's, you know, a problem that's existing, ask yourself, is that a me problem or is that a you problem? Because most of the time it's a you problem. It's not a me problem. And don't insert yourself where it's not a me problem. That is brilliant. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. I am so grateful that you were here with us today, that we got to have this conversation, this conversation and share with our listeners. Oh my gosh, so much. You, you've paved the way, you know, now they know what to expect, right? So they know what to look for. They know what they can do to make things different and to change and to be able to have the life they're dreaming of. Thanks to you sharing your journey and all the things that you had to go through to have the success that you have today. But before we say goodbye, I would love for you. So it's a new year, 2022. Oh my gosh. You know, I, who knew, right? We, everybody couldn't wait for 2020 to end, right? And then it was just a continuation right. that got even crazier. And so here we are, 2022. What is your one piece of advice that you could give our listeners to set themselves up for success this new year? I think the biggest piece of advice I could give you is to get really clear on what your vision of success is and ask yourself every single day, what's the one thing I can do today to move myself closer to that vision? And if that's the only thing you get done that day, recognize that it's okay if that is the only thing that got done, because that was the most important thing 
So just every day, don't, don't jump up and just dive right into your day, expecting things to go differently. I just want you to take five minutes to ask yourself what, what's one thing that I can do today to move myself closer to my goal. Oh, Jessica, that is amazing. Great advice. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you and to all of our listeners. And before we say goodbye, I just want to ask you to finish this one sentence. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. The world would be a better place if everyone knew that everyone is just doing the best they can with what they've got. Oh, there's the mic drop, you guys. Boom. Did you hear it? Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Oh, my gosh. I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Jessica. Yes, you absolutely. If if, Honestly, if I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) That's right. Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.